0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched
1: their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears.
2: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan.
1: And Joe, for the five or 10 minutes that we've been connected on Skype, I've been trying to work out from your background which Vegas hotel you're in, I failed, I
2: can't get I'm it. I'm not in a hotel because I'm here oh. on my own dime for once. I like hit up a friend, my friend Ashley. I was like, you still got that big house in Vegas with lots of room? And she was like, yeah, you can sleep on my couch. So I'm... That makes you feel better
1: about myself that my Vegas hotel identifying abilities have not failed me.
2: No, you're absolutely fine. Not a Vegas hotel at all. Yes, I am in Las Vegas. I was home for a whole six days. It was lovely. Uh, I'll speak on that a little bit more later on. Coming up on today's show, Scoop is over. It's done. Time to recap Scoop once again. And who better to have on our show than Scoop Correspondent? Spraggy? Uh, Benjamin Spraggy? Okay, so here's here's
1: the thing, Joe. Here's the thing. So last year, we had Spraggy on to talk about Scoop. Yeah. And 12 months later, we're bringing him back. Now, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) this is not laziness. This is not a lack of ideas. This is a theme. Because I've decided that Spraggy is now our official Scoop correspondent. So for as long as there is a Spraggy, a Scoop, and a podcast, this is going to happen every year. You're going to hear from Spraggy about Scoop on this show.
2: Unless we can get a bigger name, in which case then we'll get them. But Well,
1: you know, hirings, firings, <laughs> it happens in the media.
2: Exactly. No, so we're having Spraggy on the show. We're going to talk about scoop. Uh, Spraggy had some interesting scoop moments. We're going to talk to him about those. I I actually watched live for a little bit of that uh, last night. In quotation marks, uh, AKA a few hours ago, we did have the Gavin Smith Memorial uh, Charity Tournament. I'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Uh, even though it was something sad, we still had a lot of fun. I I, I thought that I might have ended up with a hand history, from, but no, I didn't. So don't expect any poker strat in this episode. Uh, and finally, uh, Harry Messenger is this week's super fan. He has picked the movie, The Count of Monte Cristo.
1: Yeah, the one with uh, uh, Jim Caviezel and Guy Pearce.
2: Yes, and I, I, I did like this movie at the time, and I do own it on DVD. However, I have not watched it probably since the early aughts.
1: Did you watch anything during your six days? back home after several months on the
2: road i don't i'm trying to think i don't think i i feel like me and my girlfriend watched something but i don't think we did she was amazing i didn't do anything during the six days so i actually like took like a staycation i played video games i played apex legends for like the entire uh not the entire week but like what free time i had i had to catch up on a lot of things obviously normal life stuff but and my girlfriend god bless her every every couple hours i like this one day i just played video games the whole day and every couple hours I would go in my in our bedroom she lives with me now, in our bedroom and say hey, are you, uh, are, are you alright? it's just, uh, I, is, is everything okay? and she's like, yeah, it's fine, just do your thing I'm good, like, have fun, play video games and she is amazing and I love her and she's wonderful, God bless her
1: I continue to scare myself shitless by playing Alien Isolation late at night, I actually can't play this game for any length of time because it really, really is so intense and it affects me
2: so to talk to me about this game for a little bit, because the reason why I avoided the game was not because uh, it was scary, but because uh, apparently there's not a lot else going on other than avoiding the alien. Yeah, that, you spend a
1: lot of time avoiding the alien <laughs> and also avoiding the really creepy androids called Working Joes. Um,
2: oh, well, that makes sense that you'd be terrified, <laughs> more terrified of the Working Joes than the alien.
1: It's just very effective. I mean, there's a lot of exploring, if you're one of yeah. those people who likes looking in every single corner and every single container. Is that, container, yeah, when you
2: play games, you like to do that? Yeah,
1: I do like to kind of explore the environment and collect stuff and make stuff like pipe bombs and flares and, and medikits. But you can't
2: even kill the alien, right? You can only At, at one point in it. the
1: game, you can get a flamethrower, so you can get it to go away. But before that, you literally just need to hide and stay out of its sight.
2: And I understand this, like... Being scared because in a video game, you become a little bit more immersed, right? And so when you die and you lose progress because of the alien, you're more invested
1: you're moving around this really creepy abandoned space station and you can just hear the damn thing moving in the air vents oh and you've God. got the motion detector where you're following where it
2: is the beeping and, the thing it's yeah. in the room it's in the room Yeah,
1: and what will inevitably will happen is you're just coming to the end of a mission you've reached the end of your objective and everything's calm and then you've forgotten that you've passed underneath an air vent and it will just come down and grab you and you will jump off the sofa in horror
2: so Okay, so just a couple more questions about the game. Is the alien's movements random, or is it always where you need to go it's, when you need to go there? I
1: believe, and I, I don't want to read too much about the game until I've completed it, because I would yeah. worry about spoilers, because yeah, the yeah. narrative's quite interesting as well. It tells quite a good story that actually fits into the alien universe in a very clever way. Um, but I believe it's programmed with a certain AI, which is designed to track you based on your behavior <laughs> and your movements.
2: So terrifying.
1: Uh, The only other thing to report from my world is I went to the Stanley Kubrick exhibition at the Design Museum in London, which is phenomenal. This is the exhibition, Joe, which has already traveled the world. I think it was in Toronto when we were there like five years ago. Remember you took that photo of me with the picture of the Shining Twins? The Twins, yeah. Yeah, and it's finally come to London, and I'm a huge Kubrick fan. I love all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff and seeing props from movies and production drawings and storyboards and just all the stuff from the Kubrick archives. It's an amazing Amazing experience if you're in any way interested in cinema and as far as watching stuff is concerned I've finished season two of Barry which I very much enjoyed and I'm now watching line of duty From the very start because I got so bored of literally everyone I come across telling me that I should be watching line of duty
2: I've literally never heard of line of duty, which by the way sounds like a like a kindergarten poop TV show It's a line of duty
1: BBC series about police corruption. And I've watched the first season, which is only five episodes, classic BBC. And I have to say, (laughs) I thought it was fine. I thought it was a little soap operatic in places. I have been advised that it gets better as it goes on. So I'm hoping that the second and third seasons will be a marked improvement, because if I thought it was like this throughout, I'd say overrated and ditch it and move on to the next thing.
2: Right, so you're going to take people's word for it and continue on with Line of Duty. Well,
1: the first four seasons are all on Netflix. I don't know if that's the case in the US.
2: And How many seasons are there? I there's guess there's that... five.
1: It goes back to 2012, and the fifth season has just aired on the BBC here in the UK.
2: Is it all one storyline over five seasons, no. or
1: I imagine that there are continuing story arcs. Yeah, but the the kind of first season was pretty complete. All right, so I will report back on how it goes. Let's talk poker, shall we? Because this show is allegedly Poker in the Ears. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Ears news. And our top headline this week is that Daniel Negreanu and PokerStars have parted company after 12 years. Meanwhile, Lex Live 2 has been announced. Yes, it was confirmed at the end of last week that Lexington Veldhaus will be in London at the Aspers Casino in Stratford from the 27th of September to the 6th of October. That's a lot of days with a lot of events, including the £230 main event. And guess what, Joe? I'm going to be at Lex Live 2. I mean, it's in London. I have to make an appearance.
2: I saw you tweet that. I'm not going to lie. I was a little jealous. I don't know. Maybe there's a way I can make it there for that. Obviously, um, you know, it's not a done deal the way it is for you because you live in London. Uh, it's a little dicey for me now doing work things in the U.K., but, uh, man, I, I was I was super jealous. I'm not going to lie. You were like, I'll be there, and I was like, fucking god fucking hard again. Well, I, think, I, was,
1: I think we need to give Spraggy a hard time over this, because Lex Live in the UK and Spraggy from the UK doesn't get his own live event.
2: Well, I mean, look, Lex has paid his dues, right? Like, Lex has really put his... Spraggy's been streaming for, what, a month? Six months? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Lex has worked on it. There'll be a Spraggy Live one day, assuming that poker still exists, like, in four years when everyone's in VR helmets and Google Glass.
1: Well, while we're talking about Team pros, let's talk about Daniel quickly, because obviously we can't just mention it and move on. We're um, kidding. I mean, it's amazing that this partnership existed for twelve years. I mean, if I think back to two thousand and seven when Daniel just signed with Stars, the very first event we live streamed, or that I worked on anyway, was EPT Barcelona at the start of season four, and I think it may have been the first EPT that Daniel played. And I just felt so blessed. I was the only commentator hired to work on that production, but because streaming was new. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. Like, all the pros wanted to spend their time in the booth because the novelty had worn off Unlike now where it's yet.
2: pulling teeth to get people to come in and hang out with us.
1: And that included Daniel. He was at his first Stars event, his first EPT, and, you know, one of the very first live streams I got to do, I got to work with Daniel Nagrano, and we've worked together many times since. And, you know, I wish him all the best for the future as i'm sure you do too joe as we referenced last week we talked about daniel's wedding to amanda you were at that ceremony and clearly he's starting a new chapter in his life great that we're parting friends and i think there was no better way to celebrate it than releasing that video which we did on the pokestars youtube channel celebrating 10 of the greatest moments 10 of the greatest hands which featured daniel playing on the big game on the ept at the pca there's so many good moments in that
2: yeah absolutely if you guys haven't watched the video you should watch it and uh... Look, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Daniel. I consider him to be a close friend, regardless of the fact that he shot that down in the cash game show. Um, and he, he has done so much for poker. It is it is completely inarguable how much he has done for poker. And I will miss him as someone that we have to contractually obligate to have on our show. Uh, unfortunately, now it will be a bigger ask of him. But I love the guy, and he, he's done so much for the game. And I'm glad that everyone parted on good terms.
1: So let's talk scoop, the Spring Championship of Online Poker 2019. And let me give you the top line stats, Joe, and I'll say the best till last. 219 events, 1.27 million total entries, and total prize money. And bear in mind, the guarantee at the start of the festival was $75 million. $105 million plus in prize money paid out during Scoop 2019. But that's not the most impressive thing. The big story to come out of Scoop, particularly the second week, particularly the final weekend. can't even be real. Gianluca Speranza, a.k.a. Tankanza, that's his online handle, won the Scoop High Main Event for the second year in a row just to be clear this is not like a super high roller where there's 30 or 40 players it's like between 650 and 700 players in this thing last year he took it down for 1.13 million dollars this year he wins it for just over a million. two seven figure scores in back-to-back years in one of the most prestigious online events of the year
2: i honestly don't know how that is real i don't know like look Obviously, we know poker is a skill game. We know that the cream rises to the top, but it's supposed to happen over a long period of time. For this guy to win the same tournament with a massive field two years in a row is absolutely insane.
1: Um, Of course, there was the leaderboard to determine the scoop player of the series. We mentioned last week that uh, Konstantin Mazlak, a.k.a. Krakukra, was number one on that leaderboard. He stayed at the top of the leaderboard and he won scoop player of the series.
2: Release the Krakura! Krak... Krak... Krak Krakukra. We'll we'll release that guy.
1: Uh, Brazil (laughs) had a great scoop. Brazilian players won a total of 36 events. And, of course, a lot of streaming took place throughout scoop. I don't know if you saw the tweet from Lex. He streamed for nearly 170 hours, which is just ridiculous.
2: I did see that, which is why he is deserved of all of the success he's had, because he fucking works really hard. Well, I tried to stream, by the way, I tried to stream for one hour, like, playing Apex Legends, and I was exhausted after an hour of just, like, talking about everything I was doing. I was like, guess what, guys? Stream's over. Fucking Lex, what a saint.
1: Uh, Another guy who put in a lot of hours during Scoop on the streaming platforms was Spraggy. He is our official scoop correspondent so please welcome back to poker in the Ears, benjamin spraggy sprag greetings sir hello
0: good to be back on
1: did How you realize that you have been officially appointed the poker in the Ears scoop correspondent by virtue of being on this show two years in a row in exactly the same slot uh, what a privilege
2: and by virtue of the fact that you haven't gotten too big to talk to us yet
1: Right.
0: Everyone else is like, I'm not going on that podcast. It's a waste exactly. of time. Yeah, yeah. no, we, you're the best we could do. Uh,
2: it's probably, Actually, uh, so you, you streamed a lot during during Scoop. Uh, do you know how many hours around?
0: Uh, I do, but only because it was too fewer than Lex. So I think Lex oh. was at like 170, and I came in at about 168
2: hours. Oh, my
1: God. That's still quite, pretty impressive.
0: It's a lot of hours. It's very um, – but it's Scoop, right? So you have to commit to it. There's no point – being on a day and then being off for of two or three, like you just got to get back out there and keep battling. I guess. But
1: at the end of right, it, so is it a sense of relief that it's all over, or a sense of no, I'm going to miss you, Scoop? Um, I think
0: I think a sense of relief, um, but also kind of, for me at least, a little bit of disappointment. I mean, there's so many huge guarantees during Scoop that you want to do your best to take advantage of it. It's like, if, let's say you go on like a live trip, you love it whilst you're in it. But it is very tiring. I don't think I would have the mental capacity to be able to play 10, 12-hour days in high-pressure situations for longer than two weeks. So I I think two weeks is a good length. Um, But definitely, as soon as it's done, you are kind of looking forward to the next one.
2: Do you think that streaming affects your play at all? Would you play any differently if you were not on stream?
0: Um, I don't think so. I definitely would have when I started streaming. Um, Because when I first started, I'd be a little bit conscious of things that people would say. Uh, You know, you shouldn't play that. What are you doing like that? Blah, blah, blah. You should have folded here. should have called here. But over time, you realize that no matter what you do, someone will say the opposite. You know, if you lose a part, you definitely shouldn't have done what you did. So I've kind of learned to just completely blank that out, play my own game. If I think I have to make an outrageous hero fold, that's probably the worst thing to do. Because you don't get to see results right um, so if, if you fold what is looks like quite a good hand you'll never be able to show the stream that actually you would beat. um but you have to commit to that because if you start making calls just like okay well you know i've got a good hand i want to fold but i know that the chat's going to be mad um then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're just going to lose chips and spots where yeah where totally and made. then
2: you also are going to have to deal with their criticism afterward did you is that what you was going through your mind when you folded the set of fives <laughs> no, absolutely nothing but air
0: was going through my mind when i thought of the set of fives i've that was one of those where i have a million and one things going on i'm reading the chat i'm making sure you know titles are updated whatever i'm trying to bring up six tables make sure everything is as it should be and i'm just autopiloting my way through the hands and then i look back and i was like hang on a minute did i just have a set and uh i did
1: as it turns out what's incredible yeah. though about that hand and this is this puts it in context is the previous hand the hand right before that you ran a multi-street bluff with seven high the bluff gets her on the river and you are bragging get out of my games <laughs> like you're king of the hill and then the very next hand you make this absolute donkey play on the turn and then retreat into this little ball in the corner of the screen
0: yeah i just it was just quite a um impassioned reaction i don't usually react so um uh... I don't know, lively on stream, but I kind of <laughs> fell. I fell to the floor off my chair. Um, just I think trying to hide from the camera. It was a pretty shameful <laughs> right. moment. Uh,
1: but to balance the the positive with the negative, you also correctly folded kings. I know you did the whole kind of like circus act around it. Like I can't believe I'm making such a ridiculous play, but you were right.
0: Yeah, um, and there's actually a, there's actually a longer, slightly longer version of that clip as well. The one that got shared, where. Um, I said that the guy who had aces, I'm like, oh, just so everybody knows, this guy's got aces. Like, going to the flop. Um, I don't know. It was a weird situation. It's like, raise, 3-bet, 4-bet, cold call. And then there was a bit of action on the flop. I don't think I even put any chips in on the flop. Or maybe I made one call and there was a raise behind me. But, uh, yeah, it's was was pretty uh, pretty happy with that one. But that's fine, right? Because it ended up, the other two guys had aces and queens. Yeah. So everybody saw that it was correct. But if that didn't go to showdown, oof. I would
1: have people would not have been happy no
2: oh my god you'd be so fired right now you'd be cancelled
1: yeah for sure um we talked about the hand where your mind was elsewhere and you folded the set of fives my personal highlight will be you staring off into the distance like (laughs) some kind of 15th century poet contemplating the moon not realizing that you'd flopped a royal flush and the look on your face, and the expletives that followed when you realized <laughs> what you had.
0: Well, I've, that's never happened to me before. That, that's absolutely never happened to me. I've made a Royal Flush probably two or three times, but to actually flop it, and it was like sequentially. Do you know how spell, much maybe. money
2: that's worth if you're playing like a table game? Exactly, right? But I, I, and
0: uh, I bet the flop, everybody folded. Oh, it was like God. 10 Jack King flop as well. And uh, there was a whole such a thre- wet board <laughs> They're Right. So I'm like, OK, I'm going to bet like who misses here. Right. And well, I don't block you held every hour because. <laughs> right. And uh, I see that like one third part into two players. Everybody folds. And I'm like, oh, that's a shame. And then there was a thread on Reddit. So on the poker <laughs> section on Reddit, and it was just vitriol. <laughs>
1: I cannot believe he's bet the flop. They just they were furious, oh, furious. Of course, the internet's oh, furious about yeah. everything. Uh, before we get onto the stream that Joe actually watched, um, you mentioned Spraggy the guarantees, and it was seventy-five million guaranteed across the series. The prize money actually went to one hundred and five million. We just recap that number. The other number we mentioned is there were two hundred and nineteen events. How many events did you enter in the end across scope? Oh,
0: I have actually no idea. Um, Guestimate 100? it. I would say over a hundred because. For the first time, I played a fair amount of high events as well. I'll always play all the lows because, you know, with Scoop, the guarantees are such that even though you're playing a 1K or you're playing like a 215, the guarantee on the 550 or whatever, the $11 tournaments is so large and the fields are huge, but like the money is still insanely good. So you, you really have to make sure that you're playing every Scoop event. Put it this way. I don't know how to play PLO. I must have played like five PLO events just because there's going to be so many people playing that I figure if I can just do okay, like it's worth it to play, right? Because it's Scoop.
2: But- I got I a fun story I haven't shared yet. Uh, when I was doing a commentary for Triton, I was doing a PLO event alone, and I called out the wrong outs because I forgot that you can only play two cards. <laughs> oh, my <boy. laughs> God. And and the, the clip was going to go viral because it was like quads over qu- some shit and I begged them begged them, can you please edit out me getting the outs wrong and they did it and I was never more grateful for anything in my life because I looked like such a fucking idiot
0: And luckily no one will ever know
2: No one will ever know talk what it does on
0: a sort of globally released podcast
2: Did you ever uh, did you make mistakes playing games that you weren't used to? Um,
0: the last mistake I made in a game like that was in uh, Run It Up Reno playing the um, 8 game, which I cashed in the end. But I was very proud of myself for one pot where I kept betting and betting and betting in um, stud and my opponent folded and I showed and I was like, yeah, you know, like, whatever. I had a pretty good hand. And then like two levels or three levels later, they took the tiles off, the plaques off that show what game you're playing and it came up stud. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, that doesn't. Fit with what happened three levels ago when I thought we were already playing studs So that, <laughs> that was like that was like stud high low or whatever. I had no low I had no clue what's going on But um PLO I'm usually okay, but the mixed games that, that that's where it will get you
2: I, I played the same uh, mixed game tournament that Spraggy did in Reno James and I didn't make it through all the games That doesn't like, I surprise didn't even, me. I didn't even last a full round of the games and then I rebought and I didn't make it through all the games I, did, there, by, I was in for two buy-ins, and I literally, there was a game I didn't even see.
1: No one is shocked by this. Spraggy, they added <laughs> some funky new formats to Scoop this year. I, I believe 6 Plus made its debut as a, as a tourney format.
0: Yeah, which I'm amazing at, by the way. Um, Are you? Now, listen, I've never studied it. I've never really played it. But apparently, um, I'm really good at it, because I had two deep runs. Now, I don't always know what's going on, and I've no clue how to play preflop. I, I, when the cards and the chips go on their backs the chips are in the middle i <laughs> i tend to win a lot uh and i get a lot of chips and so i had like a couple like top 100 runs into the six plus events though that, that was a lot of fun and i think it's really nice to play a game where it seems nobody really understands what's going on pre i've been told to limp a lot which i was doing um And then I've been told because of all the antis, you should be raising like six, seven, eight times the ante. But people were kind of min-raising like it was no limit hold'em. People were, you know, just open jamming, which I think is is pretty good. But it's nice to have a game where you're not really sure and nobody else is quite yet of any sort of firm strategies.
2: So just those couple of pointers was enough to, like, put you ahead of the field. And then I guess you got to run pretty good, though, obviously. Oh, no. Yeah. uh, yeah.
0: I, I assume I'm actually just terrible and I just ran really good. Um but that's it like there's there's uh the equities are very close from what i understand so you can kind of get yeah. by
1: yeah let's talk about the event you went deep in and joe you actually watched the stream
2: i did watch the stream and before i get to the 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 inevitable conclusion i i want, i actually just have a couple of questions about your stream and streaming in general your stream is incredibly well produced you've got Banners and tickers and chat and music and this and that and when someone makes a donation it pops up on the screen Which by the way was hilarious like someone's like so I guess Explain it to us, Sprague like someone if they donate a certain amount or, or or pledge a certain amount I don't know how it works, but they can make the computer voice say something
0: Yeah, right. So there's, uh, like most streamers on Twitch will have, there's like a text-to-speech function. So if somebody wants to send in a message, they can pay whatever it is, like three bucks, and the message gets read out by text-to-speech, which ordinarily is fine because, uh, you know, people will, if they're enjoying the stream, they might chuck in five, ten bucks and be like, hey, thanks for streaming, really appreciate watching, blah, 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 good luck in your tournaments. But obviously when you get a deep run and an audience, people definitely use it for, I don't know, not not necessarily trolling, but it's like uh, they use it in some pretty intense moments with some pretty silly messages.
2: Right, and that's what I'm referring to is like Spraggy was involved in this huge flip for what appeared to be all of his chips, but he barely had the other guy covered. And while this flip's happening, it's like, Hello, Spraggy. If you win, will you make a donation to my charitable <laughs> organization? And, and it was like the, the weirdest – and Sp- Spraggy's a professional, right? And so you got to talk to the Twitch people. you got to be thankful for the donation. So Spraggy's like in a flip for huge equity on like the fucking final table bubble. And he's like, th- th- thanks for the donation.
0: Like, <laughs> Well, here's the thing, right? That person obviously is very kind and very generous when people do that. So I always, I always thank them no matter what no matter what the situation. But we're on a five-minute delay during Scoop. So when they donate, something completely innocuous might be happening. Like there's downtime. I'm ju- I've, like, I've just folded Jack 3. And they're like, oh, this is a nice time to send in a message. But obviously it takes me th- th- – what well, they're seeing is five minutes re- removed from what's actually happening. Right. So when that donation came in, it was, as you say, in the middle of like the biggest equity flip in the 1K on the final table bubble. And that person actually messaged me. I was like, oh, God. I am so sorry it came through at that moment. But it's like, there's there's nothing you can do, right? It's just like, you know, thanks for your support anyway. But it is, uh, it is a bit like, mm, not now probably.
2: So another question about your production is that, do you do all of that yourself? Do you set up all of that? Do you, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's like watching like a real TV show. There's like a lot of stuff going on. And how much of that are you responsible for? So,
0: Back in the day when I first started, like when nobody would watch me, I made everything myself. So I put together all the scenes. I, I made the overlays myself. I made all the graphics myself. I made all the emotes in the chat myself. Um, fortunately now, um, Run It Up do a lot of the uh, graphical design work for me. So all the yeah. overlays you see and stuff, that is all built by Run It Up, and all the animations and stuff is all done by them. But in terms of whilst you're streaming, um, bringing up tables, um, having the title in the correct place, um, Everything like that, I have hotkeys where we, if we're watching one table and I'm commentating on that, I've got to make sure it's the right one that's showing on the stream. Uh, and things like when we go to the circus scene um, uh, and like replay scene and stuff like that, I have hotkeys that basically change all those scenes on the fly.
2: So you're so producing I'm, at the same time.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm producing at the same time. Obviously, I'm playing six tables. I'm engaging with the chat. That's, a, that's like scoop. You're doing that 12 hours a day. It's very, very intense. Um, and then also, like, I've got to, like, let's say I go on a deep run. I've got to update my Twitter, maybe. I've got to put that out. Right. Uh, people whisper me all the time. So it's not just what you have in the I'm chat. I'm texting you on the side. Joe's messaging me on, on the side all the time. Um, <laughs> Unhelpful. Yeah, but, right, as per. But uh, there's a well, lot that I'm- goes into it. And then, obviously, you do all that, and it's really intense. And then someone goes, oh, you just, uh, do you really fold seven, eight suited under the gun off 80 big lines? It's like, I may- maybe I was just autopiloting, right?
2: And you're like, I will, I will fucking beat your fucking ass. Come to my house. Here's my home address. Show up here right now. I will beat the shit out of you. Uh, okay, so I'm watching your stream, and I see you take this, you know, this very standard flip, but unfortunately, doesn't go your way. Talk us through what happens after that.
0: Um, so the, the hand was. Let me just get you're, my. You're up. You're on, By the way,
2: he, he's on a final table bubble of a high event, right?
0: Yeah, so it's a one thousand and fifty dollar buy-in. Uh, first place was ninety-eight thousand. We've all got six point nine locked up, and I'm sitting seventh out of ten in chips on the final table bubble. Chip leader opens. I shove Ace King. He calls King Queen, and the turn is a Queen.
1: And so Joe described this moment at the time, Spraggy, and he said that your reaction was just silence, desolation, hands over your mouth. And Joe said it's it's not even something that you could clip. But some fucker clipped it because I saw it on social media.
0: Yeah. So normally, normally I'm really not too phased, I guess, um, because I, I play so many tournaments every day. Busting a tournament it's just something that happens like 20, 25 times a day, whatever. Um, and maybe I'll, you know, rattle off an expletive or just be like, that's ah, a shame or whatever. But yeah. that one was it was the biggest stream I've, I've ever had. So we had over 9,000 people watching concurrently.
2: But I think you're downplaying it a little bit, too, because when you lost that flip, you had half a big blind.
0: Right. So I had half a big blind and, and came all the way back, right, um, and then got in a position where I was going to make the final table. Like I was 7 of 10. Um, I, I felt like I had to shove Ace King over the chip leader because he was open every pot. But if I have held that pot, I would have been fourth in chips on the final table with 98k up top or something. Um, so I mean the flip in terms of its equity has got to be a decent five figures but I don't know it, it just really it did knock me back a little bit so normally I'm very conscious that I'm streaming so you know I will try and keep things going or try and keep things doing whatever moving forward in some way but I really just had I didn't know what it hit me I don't think like I really just had nothing to say
2: yeah, so I, I see this happen, James. And when I when I joked about texting Spraggy, his reaction was so understated, was so like a just a just a blank stare, like a non reaction, that I was genuinely worried about him. And I typically wouldn't message someone when I know they're broadcasting. I know what that's like when I'm broadcasting. I don't want to have to answer messages, but I had to be like, "Are you okay? Like you you just, or, I mean, look, you're pretty pale to begin with, but what?" <laughs> white as a ghost not really saying much and your reaction was the way my dad would react if I told him I wrecked the car he'd be like yeah well you know you wrecked the
0: car that t- that took that was the first time because I was like it's scoop that was the day 2 but I was like I'm still going to register for the rest of the day and I tried I registered like 3 or 4 tournaments but like my my heart just wasn't in it I, right I, and I, so
2: i guess what what my question is to for the audience at large is Like uh, as a broadcaster, like if you're just an online poker player, uh, I think you can recover from that much quicker. You don't have a broadcast to do. You don't have an audience Uh, when you're in that moment and uh, you've just just had your heart broken. Like just absolute heartbreak. How close are you just being like, I'm done with the stream for today, guys, um, to, to, to suck it up and start performing again? How hard
0: is that? It's, yeah, it is tough. Normally it's okay, because if you have a deep run like that, typically it's at the end of the stream anyway. So when you bust a final table or close to, um, you're in a position where it's like, okay, well, uh, we're done. Obviously for the day, it was a good run. I'll t- catch you tomorrow. And then you can kind of deal with everything outside the, the gaze of the camera. But because it was scoop and that was a day two, it was like, I don't know what time it was, probably like 3 or 4 p.m. And there's still a full scoop schedule for that day. Yeah. So I kind of felt an obligation to register again, which... I did, but like I said, I just, I bossed a couple of tournaments, and at that point everything, everything starts to frustrate you just that little bit more, and uh, it's just not, it's just not conducive to an enjoyable stream anyway. Like, I'm never gonna get to a, back to a point where I'm sort of laughing and joking about whatever for the rest of the day, and if you're not fully focused during Scoop, and you're playing bigger than you normally do, it's, it's a bit dangerous, really.
2: You know how Spraggy has, like, all those Star Wars toys behind him when he plays? Yeah. I was like, you should just destroy them all on a stream right now. At least get something viral out of this. But unfortunately, the five-minute delay, it, the moment had passed.
1: Yes, I can imagine. Uh, two questions just to close it out before we get to the real reason why we've got you on the podcast, Braggy. Um, overall, was Scoop a successful online series for you?
0: I was very close to break even. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, to me, that's a success. A tale,
2: a tale as old as time.
0: Yeah, I had a decent week leading into Scoop, so for the month, I'm fine. It's just like I played four or five 1Ks. Whatever happens in those is going to determine your scoop. And if, you know, I lost that one on the final table, if I'd have held, maybe I'd be up 30K, 40K for the series. I'm not. That's the way it is. Who cares? Let's get on with the next.
1: The final question I-, I wanted to ask is about what happens next. So here we are at the end of May. A lot of the poker world is going to be disappearing to Vegas for the World Series. Do you take a break for the summer months or is it full steam ahead with the streaming schedule?
0: Full steam ahead. Uh, I do have one family holiday, which I haven't been on for a couple of years. Um, so I'm I'm headed on a family holiday for a week. But uh, after that, I'll just be playing. I'm not going to go to the World Series. I don't think there's a there's a small chance that I go for the main. I think one of my friends is going. Uh, but I'm still like, undecided do you mean me?
2: There.
0: No, one of my friends. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Maybe I get out there. But other than that, I just want to stream. I just uh, I love doing what I get to do every day. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep on keeping on.
1: Okay, so the real reason why we've nominated you as our Spring Championship of Online Poker correspondent, and by the way, when it gets to the WCOOP, we'll try and find someone more prestigious. But we want you to play the classic game Porn Uploader or Scoop Leaderboard player. Joe, tell him how it works.
2: Spraggy, it's a very easy game. I'm going to read you two online screen names. It's your job to determine which one is the porn uploader and which one is the player from the Scoop leaderboard. Are you ready? I am more than ready. Okay. Here are the two screen names to start things off. Question one, AimAzing and Diddy121.
0: Uh, AimAzing is the porn uploader.
2: That's correct. Amazing is uh, the uploader of two guys fill my wet my wife. Question number two. The two screen names are eighteen stream and Chili Kitty. Uh,
0: Chili Kitty is the porn uploader.
2: Chili Kitty, unfortunately, is a PokerStars player out of Lithuania. Finished six hundred and eighth on the scoop leaderboard. Eighteen stream uploaded amazing couch fucking.
1: You're one-on-one, Spraggy.
2: (laughs) Question number three. Two screen names are Ra Romero, 1971, and Mandy Wren.
0: Ra Romero, I think I recognize that screen name. So I'm going to go porn uploader.
2: Absolutely correct. Ra Romero is the (laughs) uploader of college couple fuck-like pros. Meanwhile, Mandy Wren from Argentina was 608th. On the Scoop leaderboard. Question number four. Mihazic. Mihazic is the first screen name. The second one is Black 88.
0: Black 88 is the PokerStars Scoop leaderboard participant.
2: That is correct. Black 88 is out of Russia. 657th on the Scoop leaderboard. Mihazic was great sex with my pregnant wife. Question number <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. I I really hope you're happy with yourself, Joe. I really do. (laughs) Question number five. Two screen names are one, two, three, la 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 and Chapis twelve. Um one, two, three, la 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 is uh, porn. One, two, three, la 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 is unfortunately out of Denmark seven hundred and sixty-third on the scoop leaderboard. Chapis twelve was the uploader of Big Ass Girl Getting Smash. (laughs) Question number six. Here we go. Uh First screen name is XE Bellringer69. Second screen name, Ducas 18
0: I actually think XE Bellringer, I might recognize as a Pokestar's name.
2: XE Bellringer69 is in fact the uploader of your friend's Hot Mom Can't Stop Sucking Your Balls 4K. <sighs> 4K though. It's a, a 4K. I course. mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Be- Bella Boxy was from Hungary. Uh, Sprague, I was keeping did score. Did I, I win?
1: I, I, I don't know why I bothered, but I was keeping score. And by my calculations, you finished three and three. It's a draw.
2: Perfect. A the Japanese would love that. You saved face.
1: Spraggy, thank you very much for not agreeing to be our Scoop 2019 correspondent, <laughs> but doing a sterling job nonetheless. And we look forward to many more hours of you on stream.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. Same, same. Cheers, Spraggy. Thanks, bud.
1: Joe, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you are in Vegas right now. Tell us why.
2: All right. Well, there's luckily a bunch of things all aligned the same week to make uh, a week in Vegas. And as you uh, as you mentioned, James, I'm on my own dime, so I'm staying with a friend. Uh, a week in Vegas, which is uh, just a few hours ago, I left the Gavin Smith Memorial Charity Tournament. Basically, uh, a bunch of guys got together, specifically Brian ballsba who is uh, just Really took the reins on this and set up a trust for Gavin's kids. Uh, look, I don't know if I have to go over the story. Gavin died. Gavin passed away in January, um, and it leaves behind two kids. And the poker community, as you know, James, it can be difficult to deal with sometimes, but can also be incredibly generous and a bunch of Gavin's friends said, we got to do something. We got to get together. We got to raise as much money for these kids as possible. Brian's balls was set up a trust for them went through all the hassle of doing that. And so, uh, just a few hours ago, we had a tournament, a $200 buy-in, uh, half went to the prize pool, half went to the trust fund. And I got to tell you, it was like the unofficial kickoff of the world series of poker. It was really cool. Um, Obviously, a couple of big names were there. Hellmuth was there. Um, but what was cool to me was that uh, some of the uh, WSOP brass who won't get to play any other event because they're working, it's their yeah. event, got to play. Seth Polanski played, Jack Effel played, and it really was just a, a celebration of Gavin's life. Everyone was having a great time. I uh, obviously did not win. I was hoping to have a hand history. I lost a big flip, but it was really great seeing a lot of people all come together uh, for a guy that we that we loved so much. And I will say this, that God bless him. Phil Helmuth decided at a certain point he was going to MC the thing. Oh, God. Exactly. please tell me someone
1: recorded it please tell me there is video
2: it wasn't recorded but this is this is how much people didn't want phil emceeing they took the mic away from him and they gave it to me (laughs) they were like please just do something to keep phil off the mic for a few minutes and the thing is i i don't have that same aversion to phil i think it's good for the game and good for poker and good for everything. When Phil's I'm unfortunately uh, that, that applied to most of the people in the tournament. Unfortunately, the people who know Phil don't feel the same way, right? The people who are like, Oh God, I hear this guy every day. Yeah. So it was a huge thrill for the audience for Phil to be doing it. So I, I took the mic and I, I made a joke. I was like, Phil was like, Oh, why are we all here? I was like, we're here for Gavin's kids. And I know that kids are important to everyone in this room because there is not a single person in this room whose parents didn't have children. <laughs> and it bombed so hard. Like three people laughed; oh. It was fucking ridiculous. And you know what I do after that, James plug the comedy show.
1: <laughs> Great segue. Fantastic. Great. Segue. I was
2: like, and for more jokes like that, be sure to come to the Gavin Smith Memorial comedy show tomorrow night. Um, so yes, so we still have to do that. Uh, in Basically, in 12 hours from now, I'll be there for that. But uh, it was a really good time. I'm not really sure who, who won. I didn't want to uh, stick around quite that late. But um, it was just – I think it was cathartic for a lot of people too. I think a lot of people hadn't really processed what happened uh, with Gavin's death. And it was good to get everyone in a room together and just sort of be able to, to, to celebrate and, and not necessarily hold it all inside.
1: Did uh, I see that you were sharing a table in this charity event with Kevmath.
2: I was at a table. My first table was Kev math. Now some of these names won't mean much to you guys, but Kev math, John Caldwell, um, Dutch Boyd. Wow. flashy! Exactly. Um, I made some joke. I'm like, what is it? 2004. And he was like, Hey, come on. I've, I've done stuff since then. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, Seth Polanski was at my table. Uh, it was just a really nice sort of thing for like the inside poker people. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a it was a great table draw. I had an awesome time. Lost a huge flip. Not really a hand history to talk about. Um, Ace King suited versus queens.
1: The reason I wanted to highlight Kev Math is out, now that the World Series of Poker proper starts, there is a guy yeah. who is going to be one of the hardest working people in poker. I think everyone knows Absolutely. he's been the social media coordinator for the event for the last couple of years, and he is the one responding to the most inane, repetitive questions including what time does the live stream start, which I know has become a bit of an in-joke in the poker world, but uh, there is a guy who's going to be working bloody hard between now and the middle of July.
2: Absolutely, and, and we tend to recognize him a little bit more during this time, which he's absolutely deserving of because he does put in an insane amount of hours and characters uh, in answering these folks. But also, he, he's great for poker in general. He promotes yeah. our streams. He is just the guy that is out there growing the game as much as anybody so yeah absolutely uh it was it was an honor to be at his table i'm glad i'm glad i got to play a little bit
1: well there's someone else who i think we should be paying tribute to on this podcast because uh he's put his hours in as well let's welcome this week's superfan one of them loves the ept knows it inside out and would do anything for the european poker tour the other one is joe stapleton it's
0: Superfan versus States.
1: Well, this week's Superfan is from the United of Kingdoms. Please welcome to Poker in the Ears, Harry Messenger. Greetings, Harry.
2: Hi James, hi States. Hey Harry, big fan of your country. Harry Messenger, what's the dumbest joke anyone's ever made about your name?
3: Um, I get a lot of don't shoot. That's oh, probably yeah. the most
2: yeah. Oh, walk, wow, into a, walk into a spirit. room, tell somebody something bad. Or don't shoot the messenger. Oh, that's crazy. Do you ever uh, say I'm gonna? Does anyone ever say like your boss be like, "Why don't you messenger that over?" Yep, I, I've had them all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Which is <laughs> basically so
1: Harry's polite way of saying, "Joe, please don't
2: just don't try." <laughs> yeah, I will. All i say is this: If you ever end up at like an EPT final table and do commentary on you, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to do it. But for now, I'm gonna let it go. It's okay, I'll forgive you in advance.
1: I think that's a fair <laughs> trade-off though, right? If, if you were to make the final table of an EPT, like, you can say whatever the fuck you want about my name. I do not care.
3: I will take that one 100% <laughs> of the time.
1: Uh, Harry, we are going to salute you because I think you listened to something like 150 episodes of the podcast in the space of a month. That might be a slight exaggeration, but emphasis on the word slight.
3: <laughs> that's correct. What was the actual amount of time? It was just over two months.
2: Oh, my God. You are a super, super fan. Can we have a super, super fan status, James?
1: Uh, We can do that. I'm afraid I can't give you any extra prizes, but uh, we can (laughs) kind of just speak with slightly more awe than we would normally.
2: It's just like when you got your promotion, James. It's it's a title. There's no extra money. Yeah, I'll put it in my Twitter bio.
1: (laughs) So, Harry, was it a case of re-listening to everything from the beginning or did you discover the podcast late into your poker life?
3: Uh, I discovered the podcast quite recently. Um, In fact, I listened to it first about two months ago. So um, it was a question of I listened to the latest episode. I thought, huh, what's all this about? And sort of binged it from the beginning. Wow. I'm actually
2: really baffled by this because um, what I want to know is how people haven't heard of our podcast because we're constantly shilling it. How how did you – you said you recently became aware of it. How did that go down?
3: Well, in fact, I only recently got into poker at all there you go um, that makes more sense right yeah i um i first started watching um poker on youtube only this christmas um and from that i got into the podcast and then from listening to the podcast i kind of got into poker so it was almost the reverse of a lot of other people
2: no that's really good we're gonna clip that for sure that's that's going on our reel um (laughs) what it was that got you interested in poker to begin with like why did you start watching youtube videos well i've kind of i've heard of the game plenty before i played it once or
3: twice growing up um and then i was just scrolling through youtube randomly and ended up on um ended up on one of the ept videos i think it was 2014 grand final maybe
2: oh my god hashtags work yeah and then
3: um at some point i watched one and saw a plug for the podcast and there we go
2: harry we're so happy to have you thanks man that's uh that's that's a that's a wonderful origin story that really does well for us
1: you are obviously well aware that Joe's memory is not what it used to be, but even I struggle to remember some of the inane shit that we talked about in 2015 and 2016 on this podcast. <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like revisiting those old shows.
3: The funniest thing going back um, through all the stuff was every single time you'd try and invent some kind of concept or something that you said it was going to be a recurring theme and then it would last <laughs> about two weeks and <laughs> then you'd go on break and then it would be over.
2: Yeah, that's uh, there's definitely uh, a glitch in the Matrix for sure. But however, was... this
1: strand, this opportunity to give superfans the chance to win prizes, that's been there since show one and it's there to this day.
2: Yeah, it's the only thing I think that lasted from the beginning until now. Harry, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm 24.
3: I live in the northern north of England. Currently moved to Manchester about two weeks ago. So getting used to everything that's up Why here. Why did you move? Uh, just for work. I'm a cliche but I'm um, a software developer and <laughs> I took a new position up here
2: amazing can you tell us anything about the software you develop
3: yeah it's um we build interactive experiences so um, when you go into a museum and you go to an exhibit and there's the sort of the counter where you push the screen and things happen That's the kind yeah of thing that's
2: awesome that's very cool so you have
1: chosen as your specialist subject Harry the Count of Monte Cristo the 2002 version I have to confess I've never seen this film, I have no real desire to watch it because I refuse to believe that any film can do justice to such a good book. Which means I forced Patrick the intern to watch it and he has compiled the quiz that I have in front of me now. Joe, is this a film that you've seen?
2: I've seen it. I think it's a great movie. I never read the book. Obviously, that's so on brand for me. Did Patrick like it? My guess is he did.
1: Bizarrely, the questions were sent without any review.
2: Interesting. He usually tells you.
1: I normally get a little one-line precy of Patrick's thoughts on said movie. This week, just the questions.
2: Harry, have you read the book or just the movie? I attempted to read the book. I read most of it. It's very long. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a very, very, very long book. Um, Harry, we are hopefully going to send you to an EPT via a satellite because there is a satellite ticket up for grabs now I can tell you that EPT Barcelona satellites start on the 2nd of June so you will be playing for a Barcelona satellite ticket and some PokerStars swag you know how it works because you've heard so many of these quizzes in a very short space of time so without any further ado I will ask you to give me a number between 1 and 10.
2: Uh, Let's start with number 10, please, James.
1: Number 10, he did not start with seven. Wow, that is
2: is bold, and I like it. I will allow it.
1: How many years does Edmund spend in prison?
2: Okay, so he
3: is in prison for six years, and then they spend seven years digging the tunnel. So I think I'm going to go with 13.
1: 13 is correct for two points. I'm fucked. (laughs) Joe, you never know. Some of the questions are... Random, some are easier than others, so give me a number between one and nine.
2: Between one and nine?
1: Yeah, because ten just went.
2: Are you emphasizing any of those numbers or?
1: None at all. (laughs) I haven't seen the film, so I can't tell you what's easy and what isn't.
2: I'll tell you what, I'm gonna always come seven. Okay.
1: What is the name of the island where Edmund and Fernand take their ill captain for medical assistance?
2: I will know it when I hear it. Let's take the choices.
1: Is it Monte Cristo, Mondego, Lenosa, or Elba?
2: Mondego. Incorrect. It was Elba. God damn it. Elba. You know you who know, ended up in Elba, James? Yes, I do. Napoleon Bonaparte. Exactly. <laughs> um, what question would you like next,
1: Harry?
3: Uh, I'll take number nine, please, James.
1: Number nine. What did the prisoners on Chateau d'If receive on their birthday?
3: They received a brutal beating from the um, prison warden. They did
1: for two points and we have a 4-0 game. Joe, what question would you like?
2: You know what? I'm number one. I'm going to take question number one. Why was Edmund imprisoned? He was framed for murder.
1: What? Okay. I'll I'll rephrase the question. What was it that got him imprisoned?
2: Getting arrested.
1: Why was he arrested? (laughs) For murder would you like the multiple choice options
2: I'll take the choices
1: was he imprisoned because he was a spy he was a thief he has a bonapartist letter he has information on Villefort, the prosecutor
2: his information on for the prosecutor
1: no it was the letter I tried I mean Jesus Christ How <sighs> so many you gave opportunities me a lot of, can can a lot of chances I there if you're you?
2: absolutely I'm sorry I'm embarrassed myself and the entire podcast I I'm And in front of Harry, too. I know.
1: Uh, Two, three, four, five, six, and eight are all still available, Harry.
3: I'll have eight, please.
1: What chess piece did Edmund and Mondego give to each other when they had a victory?
3: That was.
2: That was the king, James. It was the king.
1: And that means you now have a six-nothing lead.
2: Does anyone care that I would have known that one? I do. Okay, good.
1: Because it proves my point that it's... you know, luck of the draw.
2: Luck of the draw. Question two, please.
1: How does Edmund deduce his sentence was not a mistake and he has been framed?
2: Uh, I'll take the choices.
1: The priest helps him work it out. He discovers a letter when he breaks free. Mercedes tells him when they meet up again. Mondego tells him as a taunt. Um.
2: Can I hear the first two choices again? The
1: priest helps him work it out. Or he discovers a letter when he breaks free.
2: He discovers a letter when he breaks free.
1: Oh, he can't even win a race. It was the priest <laughs> who it. helped him work it out.
2: <laughs> Son of a
1: Harry, penultimate round, three, four, five, or six.
3: I'll have six, please, James.
1: Why does Edmund allow Maximilian to believe that Valentine is dead?
3: I'm gonna need the choices, please.
1: Because he thinks. True happiness only comes after true despair. To punish him for the sins of his father, to keep him focused on his military career, he wants him to marry someone else.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'm feel, a bit, I'm feel, a feel a feel bit stumped weird on weird this way. one, I don't, I've watched yeah, this film this this a lot of times. Is this in the fucking director's cut? What the, what the shit is this?
1: Take it up with Patrick, don't shoot <laughs> the messenger.
2: I'm,
3: I'm, I've got a one in four <laughs> chance, so. I'm gonna ignore that and say, I'll take B, please.
1: (laughs) It was actually A, because he thinks true happiness only comes after true despair. Come on, Joe, this is the moment when you get back into the game. You're gonna run the board now, three, four or five.
2: I I haven't been swept in a long time and I'm not gonna let it start now. Question three, please.
1: Why does everyone think that the priest is insane?
2: I, I have an idea, but I'll take the choices.
1: He doesn't talk to any other prisoners. He keeps claiming to have a huge hidden treasure. He remains a priest even though he doesn't actually believe in God. He plays jack three offsuit out of position to a three bet. (laughs) Uh, The treasure. It is the treasure. Well done, Joe. You are finally on on the the board. board. Final round, four or five.
3: I will please take five.
1: Why does Albert refuse to deal with Edmund?
3: Why does he refuse to deal with him? Going to oh to sorry not that one as well, please.
1: Do you know what? That's me being stupid. Why does he refuse <laughs> to duel
2: with him? I uh, duel <laughs> with him. You guys, hold on. Harry. Yeah. History's been made. On the podcast, you listen to every episode. You get to be a part of the first time James has ever made a mistake.
3: I am I'm truly honored. <laughs> you're, you're you you're a super,
2: it. super, super fan at this point.
3: So, the question is, why does Albert refuse to duel with Edmund? Correct. Um,
1: (laughs) But
0: you
3: don't get a a point
1: for that. Is it because he is a coward? He knows he will lose. His mother tells him the false story about his past. His father tells him not to.
3: I will take choice three, please.
1: Which is correct for one point. And Joe, your final question, which is question four. What does the priest give Edmund for helping him dig the tunnel? A treasure map. Would you like the choices?
2: I'll take the choices.
1: Is it money, friendship, furniture for his cell, or knowledge? Knowledge. Correct, which means you have scored two points. Well done, however, Harry. It was a
2: mental treasure map.
1: Harry, you scored a total of seven points. It was a decisive victory. Congratulations. You have won this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes, which means we will be giving you an EPT Barcelona satellite ticket and we will also be shipping you some Poker swag.
2: You know why I did so badly there, James? Is it, it because be- I was more I was more a fan of the book. <laughs> And these questions were, you know, sort of movie centric. I'm yeah. more of a reader. Yeah,
1: I, I, I call that bluff. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> Harry. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for discovering the game of poker, discovering our shows, discovering our podcast, for blowing through every single episode in the space of eight weeks, and for joining us today.
2: We thanks appreciate for having me. Yeah, thanks, Harry. We appreciate you, and that's why through the game. Cheers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my babies, we are just about out of time for this week's show. Next time, it is our season finale.
1: It will be our last episode before a break of what I think is either eight or nine weeks. It's until mid-August. We're not going to pick pick things up again until just before EPT Barcelona. I figured, Joe, that we have not had a movie Monday on a Wednesday so far this year. So... That's what we're going to do next week. Now, one movie that has been under discussion for some time is The Grand, a.k.a. Loser. The reason why I want to shelve this one, the reason why I want to do this later in the year is I believe that you play poker with somebody who's in this film. So if we are going to do that movie, we want to set it up enough in advance that we can get this guy on the show.
2: Yes, and we can do that, absolutely. He plays the dealer in the movie, so he's in tons of scenes. He's the the other co-creator of Celebrity Poker Showdown. We had Josh Malina on. The other co-creator is in uh, The granny. He said he'd be more than happy to come on the show, but yes, I agree. Let's give him a little bit of lead time and not just demand that he come on next week. So what are we doing next week?
1: Okay, then? your homework assignment for next week is California... This is everyone, not just me, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. California Split. It is a gambling-slash-poker-themed movie from 1974. It stars George Segal and Elliot Gould, and it's directed by the maestro, Robert Altman.
2: Oh, I this- didn't even know there was Robert Altman, he's, he's definitely in my top ten directors. Love Altman. Such a good director.
1: And this movie was, at the very least, the inspiration for Mississippi Grind. Some could argue that Mississippi Grind is an out-and-out remake of California oh, Split. So, well worth checking out. I can confirm it's available on iTunes because I downloaded it earlier on today. And not only are Joe and I going to be seeing this movie, I'll be revisiting it, Joe will be seeing it for the first time, but we would like you to be our California Split superfan. There is an EPT Barcelona satellite ticket up for grabs. That's the carrot. So if you want to watch the film with us, not literally, but watch it during the same period of time that we're going to watch this and then come on the show, answer questions about California Split to win that satellite ticket, you can apply on Twitter using the hashtag PokerInTheEars.
2: Fantastic. Uh, next week, I'll also probably have a little bit more live poker to talk about. I'm playing the the big fafty this weekend. Um, I don't know if you know about this event, James. It's like the it's not exactly the first event, but it's the kickoff event. It's a $500 buy-in, 50,000 in starting chips. Wow. So it's probably going to have. I was guesstimating it was going to have 10,000 runners. I talked to Seth today, and he thinks more like 17,000.
1: That's just insane.
2: Runner so it's obviously if you're around you got to play it right 500 bucks 17,000. You just got to give it a shot Uh, I'll have that to talk about as well as the the comedy show that we're doing and I forgot to mention this Phil Helmuth. so I I put on the flyer for the comedy show like tickets $20 VIP tickets $40, which basically means nothing Um, But then I said if you want to pay $500 we will roast someone on stage live and improvised and today during Gavin's charity tournament, Phil Hellmuth gave me $500 to roast Todd Brunson. Okay. Yeah. So uh, look, I, I told Todd that if he wants to outbid Phil, if he wants to match the price, we won't do it because Todd was definitely not into it. So I was like, no problem. Just outbid Phil and we'll roast someone else. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I do end up roasting Todd Brunson, you guys will be the first to hear about it next week on Poker in the Ears.
1: And Joe will never be allowed back in Vegas ever again.
2: Never again. So because of that, I really need this podcast to be successful, guys. Subscribe, like, comment. Please help us out. We're going on a hiatus. We could really use the clicks and the downloads for the next few weeks. We would really appreciate it, you guys if you can do it. Uh, but that's it. We are actually out of time for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.